This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of Florida's scenic Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, the media has finally got them a racial incident that they can really get their teeth into. They showed no interest at all in the elderly black, uh, the elderly white nursing home patient in Detroit being beat senseless by the, uh, by the black man, they had, um, you know, if, if the races had been reversed there, they would have had that on a loop 24 seven on the, the networks and the cables. They didn't show any interest in the, uh, the case in Baltimore where a black man gunned down two 80 year old husband and wife while they were visiting their son in the cemetery. But this, uh, this latest incident in Minneapolis is just the kind of thing that CNN and MSNBC can really celebrate. And they've, uh, they've been covering it wall to wall. They call the, uh, the rioters in Minneapolis protesters. They're protesting the shooting or the, uh, the killing death of the, the black man in Minneapolis. Uh, they're protesting by looting stores and stealing flat screen TVs and setting fires to auto zones. This is their form of protest. And you might have thought that CNN would, uh, would have learned their lesson by inciting riots in Ferguson, Missouri, that basically resulted in the whole town being burned down. And, of course, the, uh, the Ferguson effect, where police throughout the nation saw that they weren't allowed to defend themselves and, uh, and uh, started dialing back on their policing, which has resulted in a uh, real spike in uh, black deaths as a result of black crime. But, um, you know, you, you watch this incident in uh, Minneapolis, and it's hard to um, say anything other than the police officer was wrong. They, they had a, uh, a black guy down on the ground. He had resisted arrest, but at the time um, the video started, he was on the ground, cuffed with his hands behind his back. There were four cops there available. They should have been able to handle him and, uh, and put him in a police car and take him off to jail. But uh, this one cop... Uh, put his knee on the man's neck and the man said, uh, I can't breathe multiple times should have been a warning. There was no reason to have his knee on his neck. I don't know if he 
blocked his carotid artery or he actually choked him out, but uh, it resulted in the suspect's death. And all four of these officers that were present at the scene have now been fired. Um, and now the city is burning and CNN is, uh, is doing what CNN does. They're uh, inciting racial violence and, uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be a mess. Here is a clip of the mayor of Minneapolis admitting that uh, what went down, uh, there was no excuse for. Whatever the investigation reveals, it does not change the simple truth that he should be with us this morning. I believe what I saw and what I saw was wrong at every level. This does not reflect the values that Chief Arredondo has worked tirelessly to instill. It does not represent the training we've invested in or the measures we've taken to ensure accountability. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. And this is uh, what I talk about. Uh, reality is usually scoffed at and uh, illusion is usually king. The truth is, uh, you know, police engage in this kind of misconduct throughout this nation against uh, all races, black, white, Asian, and Hispanic. But anytime uh, it occurs with a white cop against a black suspect, it is, of course, magnified and uh, and and uh, used to pursue the left's agenda. And if you want a good illustration of that, you don't need to look any further than the uh, the city limits of Minnesota. When in 2017, a black police officer, a Somali immigrant, uh, responding to a report of a rape in a, an alley behind a woman's house, reached across the car and shot. Uh, the woman dead who had called to complain. Her name was Justine Diamond. She was an Australian national, and uh, she approached the police car to give them information. And uh, without cause or justification or any any reason whatsoever, the black police officer that was sitting in the passenger seat uh, reached across his partner who was driving and uh, and shot the woman dead. He is now serving a twelve and a half year jail sentence who was convicted for manslaughter but i don't recall uh, minneapolis burning or any looting going on when justine diamond was killed and as i said the uh, the mainstream media creates this illusion of uh, racial driven police brutality when in fact it is just police brutality and heather mcdonald has written uh, extensively on this topic uh, about you know, the, the lie behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Here is a clip of her giving a, a seminar on this topic. Now, among those 991 victims of fatal police shootings in 2015, 50% were white and 26% were black. You'd never know that, however, the white victims from the press coverage. You can hear that she's being uh, uh, protested as she gives her speech. This is uh, this is what the leftists do. If uh, you are going to say anything that exposes uh, their their lies, their illusions, then they try to shut you up. Among the white victims was a 50-year-old man in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in a domestic violence incident, who ran at the officer with a spoon. An unarmed 28-year-old driver in Des Moines, Idaho, Iowa, 
who led the police on a car chase, then walked quickly towards the pursuing officer, and a 21-year-old in Akron, Ohio, involved in a grocery store robbery who escaped on a bike and didn't take his hand out of his pocket when asked to do so. Had any of these victims been black, there's a good chance they would have become a national news story. But because they were white, they do not fit the dominant narrative about racist police shootings, so they are wholly unknown. 26% of victims of fatal police shootings in 2015 were black. Does that indicate police racism? After all, it's twice as high as the representation of blacks in the national population, which is 13%. It does not. Police activity, whether stops, arrests, or shootings, should be measured against crime, not population ratios. And those crime and victimization rates, as I previously discussed, are vastly disproportionate. Four studies came out last year alone showing that if there's a bias in police shootings, it works in favor of blacks and against whites. But however false the Black Lives Matter narrative, it has had an enormous effect on policing. Officers are increasingly encountering virulent hostility and resistance in the streets. When they get out of their cars, to engage in a pedestrian stop, ask a few questions of somebody asking, acting suspiciously. They find themselves routinely surrounded by hostile, jeering crowds, a little not quite as bad as this. <laughs> That's exactly what happened in Minnesota while they were trying to take this, uh, this man into custody. Uh, they were surrounded. Uh, people were filming it. The, the, they were cursing at them and threatening them. It may have led to the atmosphere that caused this police officer to overreact and, and not to engage in a proper uh, use of force. But um, the, the media just loves to constantly fan these racial flames. And, of course, Joe Biden, who's coming off a, a, a racial gaffe, uh, jumped on this to try to racialize and fan the flames himself. The, the horrific killing of George Floyd in, in Minnesota. George Floyd's life mattered. It mattered as much as mine. It mattered as much as anyone's in this country. And at least it should have. Watching his life be taken in the same manner, echoing nearly the same words of Eric Garner more than five years ago, I can't breathe, is a tragic reminder that this was uh, not an isolated incident, but a part of an ingrained systemic cycle of injustice that still exists in this country. And it sends a very clear message to the black community and black lives that uh, are under threat every single day. And I'm glad the mayor of Minneapolis uh, stepped up right away in the police department and took swift action to fire the officers involved. But I don't think that's enough. Well, I don't think that's enough. And I don't think that's uh, where it's going to end. These these police officers lives are going to be ruined. Uh, they were fired summarily without any uh, due process. They will have due process uh, on appeal. Uh, but especially the officer that uh, actually put his knee on that suspect's neck is, uh, is his life is going to be ruined. He's going to be sued into oblivion. Uh, the, the city will not have to indemnify him. They will sue the city as well, but they will sue the police officer individually. And the, um, the, the city is going to throw him under the bus and, uh, and not indemnify him. And they probably shouldn't because, uh, certainly what he did, um, was not in keeping with any sort of police training. 
But uh, Biden is, is using this to try to get back. He's trying to get back black uh, because last week he you know, famously said this. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. <laughs> and you ain't black. Well, now uh, Joe Biden has, has got his opportunity to, uh, to jump back on the Black Lives Matter movement and, uh, and get back because, uh, you know, that, that statement that he made last week on the morning uh, breakfast club with uh, Charlemagne, the demagogue, didn't go over well. Found it very funny because he tried to have swag, like as if he changed his tone. Yeah, his tone, like he was black. <laughs> yeah, that's something uh, Joe Biden does. That's something Hillary Clinton does. That's it's something actually that Barack Obama does when they're before a black audience. They uh, they adopt a, a black um, accent, a cadence, and. Uh, Dana, uh, uh, Biden went on with Dana Bash on CNN and tried to explain himself after his appearance on The Breakfast Club. You said, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or for Trump, you ain't black. Well, now, you've since said that uh, you shouldn't have been so cavalier. But during the same interview, you said the NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run, which isn't true. So my question well, well, for you is no. about what some supporters well, well, say they're worried about, which is that all of this could end up hurting the enthusiasm that you really need to win among black voters. Well, first of all, um, you know, I uh, it was a mistake, number one. And I was smiling when he asked me the question. I was, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy with him. He was being a wise guy, and I responded. He was being a wise guy. He wasn't being a wise guy. He was just, uh, you know, y'all were trying to cut him off, and he said that he had more questions, and he wanted you to come back on. So I'm not really sure that Biden helped himself there uh, by calling uh, the black interviewer a wise guy to try to excuse himself. He was being a wise guy, and I responded, kind. <laughs> wasn't being a wise guy at all. I think the the Charlemagne the God uh, title that he's taken is pretty much a wise guy. But the Democrats are urging Biden to, you know, we know you're going to say stupid stuff, Joe. We were used to it. We don't care. Stop apologizing. Some Democrats have said, Mr. Vice President, stop apologizing. You're you're going to say dumb things. Don't apologize because that's not the world we're living in. Don't apologize. Stop apologizing. Just uh, insult people and move on down the road. We know you're going to say stupid things. And this is uh, this is coming on the heels of this controversy where Biden, you know, showed up at uh, the cemetery, uh, ventured out of his basement for the first time in over 10 weeks (laughs) wearing wearing this black face mask with his uh, dark aviator glasses on. You couldn't even really tell that it was Biden. I'm pretty sure it was. It kind of looked like him, but uh you wouldn't tell. Brett Hume, uh, I think, uh, uh, said uh, the most insightful thing about this. It's amazing to me that this issue of whether to mask or not mask has become this huge flashpoint. And it's breaking down on the same lines that, that every controversy around this whole COVID-19 out- outbreak has broken down. And that is, it's largely political. People who tend to be conservative and or support Donald Trump tend to think that the the danger of this outbreak has been overblown. And people who think it's the it's absolutely terrifying and that we all might likely to die, I uh, think, uh, tend to be people who do not support Mr. Trump and are not conservatives. And that's just the way it goes. And it's remarkable because, you know, there's a lot of hard data out there that you know, one can look up and read. 
that will tell you that, you know, you look at the models, for example, that had so much to do with the imposition of this lockdown, and they've all blown up because they were wildly off base and exaggerated everything. So uh, that's kind of where we are. That is kind of where we are. Uh, We're in two camps, and we're in two camps because Donald Trump has refused to play into, uh, you know, the media's narrative by wearing a mask. Uh, he, he, he spends a lot of time worried about his looks and he's not going to go out there and give the media something. He's not going to, uh, give them the satisfaction of him wearing a mask. And so, you know, that has antagonized the media. And now they've determined that everybody must wear a mask. And because Donald Trump is not wearing one, he is a, a heretic. He is a heretic. He's not listening to Fauci and he's not listening to, uh, you know, the experts. Well, the experts have been consistently wrong. As a matter of fact, they started out this whole COVID-19 controversy by saying, don't wear masks. Masks are, are useless and may in fact kill you. Then they spent on a dime and said, say everybody must wear a mask, but don't wear a, a medical grade mask. Make your own mask that you can make at home. Well, the truth of the matter is those most of those masks that you make at home are going to have very limited uh, success in blocking this virus. <laughs> and then this week we were treated to these ridiculous images of Alyssa Milano wearing a homemade crocheted mask just simply to, you know, to signal her uh, compliance and her uh, her fidelity to the leftist cause. So while he was on with Dana Bash, uh, Dana asked him about, you know, uh, why did you decide to wear a mask? I think you got a president supposed to lead by example. And uh, and I watched uh, I watched the president yesterday uh, wearing no mask, you know, and and uh, some making fun of the fact I wore a mask. Uh, The truth of the matter is that I think you're supposed to lead by example. Well, okay, you want to lead by example. That's fine. You look ridiculous. You were walking out in the fresh air and sunshine with uh, your Secret Service perimeter, nobody within 10 feet of you, you know, walking with your wife, both of you wearing masks. So I guess they were setting the example. You know, Trump, for his part, he did uh, he did say he looked ridiculous on Twitter. But uh, when asked about it at a recent news conference, he said, well, if Biden wants to wear a mask, wear a mask. No, Biden can wear a mask, but he was standing uh, outside with his wife, perfect conditions, perfect weather. They're inside. They don't wear masks. And so I thought it was very unusual that he had one on. But I thought that was fine. I wasn't criticizing him at all. Why would I ever do a thing like that? <laughs> I tell you why he does things like that. He does it to, uh, you know, to break through on the media. If uh, if he wasn't um, making things that they could criticize him for. They would, uh, you know, they wouldn't cover him at all or they would, you know, do like they they do and just make up stuff to criticize him for. But Biden thinks that Trump is uh, is just being macho by by refusing to wear a mask. I think wearing a mask projects strength or weakness. Leadership. What it presents and projects is leadership. Presidents are supposed to lead, not engage in folly and be falsely masculine. Reminds me of the guys that. I grew up with playing ball. They'd walk around with a ball in their hand, but they didn't like to hit very much. <laughs> it reminds me of the guy I grew up with who uh, who liked to carry a ball, but didn't like to get hit very much. I guess he's talking about football. Well, Trump didn't play football in high school. The school he went to didn't have a football team. 
but he was a, a star high school athlete in in uh, baseball and basketball, the sports that they did have. Uh, and I, you know, I'd like to see uh, how, how good an athlete Biden was when he was in school. He's always talking about taking people out behind the gym and, and beating them up. If anybody's trying to be macho, it's uh, it's Joe Biden that's always doing that. And even even this mask he wore uh, looked like something made him look like Darth Vader. But uh, again, uh, Brett Hume, um, he explained that after seeing Joe Biden wear this mask out in the fresh air and sunshine with nobody around, he can kind of see why Donald Trump wouldn't want to. You can argue that, but I don't think it makes much of an example to wear a mask where in a situation where nearly all the data we have indicated that it's not necessary. And on top of that, it looks absurd. And of course, you know, as vain as Donald Trump is, I mean, think, think of what he goes through every day to prepare himself to be seen. You know, he goes through this whole ritual with his hair where he sprays it into submission and he's got it all combed up in a certain way so that it covers his forehead. He's obviously very, very concerned about his appearance. A lot of people don't think he has very good taste, mm-hmm. but, but this is the way he wants to look and he cares a lot about it and doesn't like to look any other way. And I think, you know, he put on that mask out at that plant, what, out in Michigan or whenever it was the other the other day, and I don't think he liked the way it looked on him. And I think he looks at, when he looks at that picture of Joe Biden, he thinks Biden looks ridiculous, and he kind of does. And he doesn't want to look that way. I tell you what, Joe Biden looked like. He looked like he was scared. He looked like he was uh, afraid to, um, you know, go against the the leftist narrative that we're all going to die of COVID nineteen, the Wuhan virus. And he wants to, you know, look submissive. If you want me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. And look, I'll put put on my shades too. You can't even tell who I am. And uh, uh, Brett Hume is right. You know, the, the country has sort of gotten uh, polarized on, on whether you should be made to wear a mask. You've got the talking heads on MSNBC and CNN saying it should be mandatory. And in, uh, in leftist um, areas, they've got, uh, you know, videos of, of uh, shoppers running people out of stores that are not Wearing a mask over at MSNBC, they had a, an interesting clip. It was a, a, a local man on the street reporting, and uh, the the guy before the camera was uh, was lamenting that all of the people out uh, on Memorial Day were refusing to wear a mask. So are the people there just not worried about it, Cal? Are they not worried about their own personal safety? I haven't met anybody who is. I met some folks actually from Lake Geneva who lived in the area. They were staying a few miles outside of town where I were. And they said they're worried about it. They're worried about that second spike. They're worried about folks coming in from Chicago. But they'll quickly add at the same time, this is a place that relies on that business. I think people here want a little bit more funding when it comes to these programs so that they could stay closed. But again, I think people felt like the Supreme Court made the decision here in Wisconsin that it was time to open up. But you can see here, just around. Nobody's wearing them. Nobody's, uh, there you go. Including the camera. Yeah. (laughs) So the, uh, the reporter was trying to play gotcha and a guy was walking down the street and, uh, he pointed out, look, look, he's not wearing a mask. And the guy wasn't having it. And he pointed out that your cameraman's not wearing one either. And then he pointed out that most of your staff here is not wearing a mask. So this is another example of. Uh, the media being these crisis actors, uh, you, you've seen this again and again as uh, 
these uh, White House reporters, you know, do their news conference with a mask on, and then they immediately stand up after the conference is over and take their masks off. So it's uh, it's crisis acting. I got to play this clip again of this guy pointing, uh, calling, calling out this reporter. That it was time to open up, but you can see here, just around. Nobody's wearing them. Nobody's uh, the there. You go, including the cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> crisis actor. I I saw uh, one uh, photograph on uh, on Twitter. It had the guy standing in front of the camera. He was in a, a full isolation suit with a mask and goggles. Uh, you know, in the zip-up Tyvex suit, doing the report, and then behind the camera was a guy with no mask. You know. Just standing there in his jeans. Media as crisis actors. But uh, Joe Biden has now retreated back into his basement. We don't know when he's going to come back out. The rest of the country is, uh, is trying to get about its business. The stores are, are full of people. People are going to the beach. But Biden, I don't know if he's afraid of getting the Wuhan virus or he's afraid of uh, answering questions. He remains locked down in his basement. Every time he tries to, to give a speech, he screws it up. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Twitter's latest efforts to censor Donald Trump. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, Twitter's done stepped in it now. They have uh, decided that they were going to start censoring the President of the United States in the run-up to the 2020 election. I think Twitter and Facebook now realize that, uh, you know, Donald Trump was able to go over the heads of the media and go directly to the voters through his use of social media. And uh, and that resulted in his election in 2016. They're not going to let that happen again. It happened in 2016 because nobody gave Donald Trump any chance of beating Hillary Clinton. They, they said, you know, Hillary Clinton had this election in the bag. And so uh, social media and, and the, uh, the cable, uh, left-wing cable networks, um, they, they played Donald Trump a lot because he's good for ratings. 
they had their best ratings, you know, when they played Donald Trump's rallies and on social media. Uh, Donald Trump was paying Facebook tens of millions of dollars to advertise on their platform and uh, and doing so at Twitter as well. And so they thought, well, might as well take his money. He's not going to win. But uh, he did. And I think that they're determined not to let that happen again. We don't even know the full extent of the suppression uh, that uh, Facebook and Twitter are engaged in against Donald Trump's message. But we do know that yesterday, uh, maybe it was the day before yesterday, Twitter uh, decided that uh, enough was enough. They couldn't have the president out there pointing out that these vote-by-mail schemes that the Democrats are pursuing are, are uh, just rife with fraud and, uh, and will, if allowed to go forward, uh, destroy any faith in our elections uh, as the Democrats uh, do everything they can to, uh, to pursue their, their voter fraud. Trump took to Twitter and he said, there is no way, zero, that mail-in ballots will be anything less than substantially fraudulent. Mailboxes will be robbed, ballots will be forged, and even illegally printed and fraudulently signed. The governor of California is sending ballots to millions of people, actually tens of millions of people. He's just blanketing the state with, uh, with ballots. He says anyone living in that state, no matter how, who they are or what they or how they got there, will get one. Well, we know that's true. Um, California is registering people to vote when they apply for a driver's license. Illegal aliens are allowed to get driver's licenses in California, and they're registered to vote when they get a driver's license unless they admit that they're there illegally, which they are not inclined to do. Trump goes on, that will be followed up with professionals telling all of these people, many of whom have never even thought about voting before, how and for whom to vote. This will be a rigged election. No way, exclamation point, says Trump. And that uh, that led Jack Dorsey to uh, put a disclaimer on there, a fact-checking so-called disclaimer on there, where he got the <laughs> CNN and the Washington Post to, uh, to say, well, there's nothing to that. There's no proof that that sending out millions of ballots to uh, mailboxes all over the state without being requested or even confirming uh, the, uh, the voter's current address or anything else will lead to fraud. Of course it will. We've seen it again and again. I've got a clip somewhere if I can find it. This is uh, Tommy Lauren uh, sitting down with a group of Californians talking about what went on there in 2016, when the Democrats were able to capture a whole bunch of formerly uh, solidly Republican districts. I think most Americans would be okay with showing their ID. Do you know you can register to vote and vote in California with never having been shown a, a picture ID? Because the registration form says, give us your driver's license number or your social security if you have one. And if you don't, you can still register. And then the first time you, you go to vote... If the clerk remembers to ask you, you can show a utility bill to prove that's your address and that's your name. But then you can then from there on you go, oh, there's never an ID or anything. So, that's- so to say that illegal immigrants are voting is a given in this state. Absolutely, even if we don't know the names, just because when you open the door to corruption and fraud, people are going to walk through it. I think, and they uh, they have in 
by the thousands and thousands. Many of these elections are ultimately settled by a very small number of votes. And when you've got this uh, the system that uh, they're trying to put in place on a national level, the, the so-called phase four stimulus that crazy Nancy Pelosi has put forward actually federalizes elections and makes voting by mail mandatory. Trump went on and he said uh, in response to Jack Dorsey's um, censoring, so ridiculously to it's so ridiculous to see Twitter trying to make the case that mail-in ballots are not subject to fraud. How stupid. There are examples and cases and cases all over the place. Our election process will become badly tainted and a laughing stock all over the world. Tell that to your hater, Yo Yoel. And Yo Yoel is a is a guy uh, Trump's referring to that's been hired by Jack Dorsey over at Twitter to uh, to be Donald Trump's personal uh, fact checker. Well, who is? This Yoel guy. Well, he is a rabid um, anti-Trumper who's got a long history of um, uh, of criticizing the president, and calling the president supporters Nazis, and and uh, I think he called um, it was either I think he called Kaylee McInerney Gorbels. He said uh, the reason that we fly over. These states is because they voted for Trump. California had to purge one and a half million people off of its voter rolls because Judicial Watch showed up and and uh, and scrub, scrubbed their list and showed that uh, there were 105 million voters. I think this was just in Los Angeles County alone that were not eligible to vote. So the courts had to order. L.A. County to purge one and a half million people just in that one county. And so all of these other counties where this goes on are, you know, these uh, these votes, these uh, ballots are showing up all over the state in stacks and stacks. Gavin Newsom claims, oh, there's nothing to worry about. What do you say to the president's concerns about fraudulent ballots? Let's just stick with the facts, not opinions. The reality is mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, are well utilized all across the spectrum, all across this country, and have been done so thoughtfully and safely uh, for a generation. Uh, Well, that may be the case, but what we're talking about here is uh, not absentee ballots. That is not what Gavin Newsom is engaged in. When you request an absentee ballot, you have to go down and show your ID you sign a signature card so they can compare it. They know where you live, who you are, and you have to have a justification for for voting absentee. That's not what Newsom is engaged in. Newsom is engaged in sending out tens of millions of ballots. And he's doing it for the same reason that the Democrats constantly oppose voter ID because they like to engage in voter fraud. You recall um, uh, James O'Keefe at Project Veritas caught uh, those Democrat operatives bragging about bussing people in to vote. And I've seen it firsthand myself. We're going to go back to this Gavin Newsom clip. 
I think the president himself has used mail-in ballot in the past. Our service members use them overseas very confidently and securely. Uh, there's been study after study. Don't take my word for it. Don't take the president's. Study after study uh, that just lays claim to no evidence whatsoever that there's widespread voter fraud. Widespread voters, voter fraud. Well, there is evidence. This is, uh, this is the Democrat tactic. They, uh, they constantly chant this mantra. There's no evidence of voter fraud. There's no evidence of voter fraud. You don't need to see his ID. Just believe him because, because uh, you know, poor black people can't get IDs. You've got to have an ID for anything in this country except, according to the Democrats, for voting. Over in Nevada, where the, the, the governor there is also trying to institute these uh, these ballot harvesting schemes. The attorney general, Adam Laxalt, had this to say. You're seeing videos now of thousands of ballots that are piled up in apartments and trash cans and in hallways. And this is all because we are doing our first mail-in ballot election in the history of our state, all under the cloak of the pandemic, of course. And the Democrats sued a Democrat county, Clark County, which is greater Las Vegas, what did they get? They got inactive voters. 200,000 of them were mailed ballots all across the greater Las Vegas area. And, and you know, we have no way to know if these are going to lead to massive voter fraud. And they continue to sue to get rid of signature verifications and to enact the California-style ballot harvesting right here in, in Nevada. The Democrats will not be satisfied until they've d- destroyed the faith that people have in these elections. Now, they they like to constantly point to Washington as, and Oregon as uh, as two states that have enacted this these vote by mail schemes. Well, I'd like to remind you that uh, in Washington and Oregon, they are both one party states. One party decides which ballots are going to be mailed out. And one party decides who's going to count those votes and, and whether or not there will be any uh, scrutiny given to these to these ballots. And, of course, as long as they uh, they've got their party uh, activists out there harvesting ballots and making sure that people sign them and, and uh, fill them out the way they want, uh, they're not going to look into it. Over on CNN, uh, the Attorney General of Alabama was on with uh, Brianna. I can't remember what her last name is. She she's gotten married now, um, and uh, she tried to play gotcha with him. Oh no, no proof of voter fraud. There's no evidence at all. It's all a myth. The the president says that mail-in voting would create a rigged election. Do you agree? Do you agree with him that it would result in voter fraud? Well, look, Brianna, this is what I know. I know that since I've been the Secretary of State in Alabama, five years, four months, and eight days, we've had six convictions on voter fraud. We've had two elections that have been overturned. Five of the six that have been convicted were convicted for fraudulent activity related to absentee balloting. I know that for a fact. I also know that... Are you aware that the research shows that in-person voting is more likely to result in voter fraud, which overall is basically non-existent so it's oh it's non-existent you're more likely to be able to commit voter fraud in person yeah because you're not allowed to uh, enact voter ids brianna i got you i got you now didn't you know that there's no evidence of it 
you stupid Southern Alabama hick? I know that for a fact. I also know that. Are you aware that the research shows that in-person voting is more likely to result in voter fraud, which overall is basically non-existent? <laughs> so it's kind of odd. It's not conversation, but mostly well, it's, it's in-person voting, not absentee ballot yes. voting. They're entitled to their own opinion, but they're not entitled to their own facts. And the facts in our state show that we have had voter fraud. We have had people convicted, and those people are currently incarcerated, period. We're making it easy to vote and hard to cheat in Alabama. We're going to continue to do that. There are so many cases of voter fraud that they have to turn a blind eye to in order to continue this this defense that uh, there's no evidence of voter fraud. It was just last week uh, they busted that that um, elections official in Philadelphia stuff in the ballot box. And, uh, and like I say, a lot of these uh, elections, both on the local level and on the federal level, are decided by very thin margins. And if you give the Democrats the opportunity to cheat, they have proven again and again that they will do just that. And so now they're, they're trying to beat down the president by, uh, by claiming you know that it never happens. And they've brought out... CNN and Washington Post to fact check him. How about we do some fact checking on CNN and the Washington Post who spent three years beating this Russiagate hoax and trying to destroy uh, the public's faith in their government. At some point, conservatives are going to have to wise up and and, uh, start migrating away from Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, you know, that used to be uh, a difficult thing to do. It's not so much. There are really some very good alternate platforms. And the only reason Facebook and Twitter enjoy the ability to suppress conservative opinion is because conservatives have not uh, voted with their feet. And even if uh, even if Facebook and Twitter were not engaged in this censorship of conservative dissident voices, people ought to get off them anyway, because they violate your privacy so um, so pervasively. There are some good, and, and I'm talking about YouTube too, there's some good platforms now, like um, like Minds, like Gab. They, Gab just recently went through a, a big redesign. They like to pretend that Gab is, you know, uh, responsible for, uh, for racial crimes, completely ignoring the fact that just as many uh, serial killers and uh, and mass murderers have uh, have pursued their um, crazy schemes on Facebook and Twitter as well. But they 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 saw Gab as a real threat to their monopoly on social media, and so they smeared them as uh, as somehow a a haven for white supremacists and Klansmen because they allow free speech. So Gab's a good uh, platform. Minds is a good platform. They've got a new one uh, for posting videos called Library. Uh, it's it's uh, lbry.com. And, of course, MeWe. i got a lot of uh, people on the Mojo 5.0 radio network that keep encouraging me to uh, establish a presence on MeWe. And I've, I've made a few halting efforts. I've gone over there and tried to get something started up. But uh, there there's not a big community there, and I'm not sure that uh, if I'm going to go to an alt- another platform, that MeWe would be my choice. If, if you've got some arguments to make for MeWe, uh, hit me up on 
on Twitter or shoot me an email or a voicemail at 772-245-0750 and make your arguments. Uh, but right now I'm on, uh, I'm, I'm totally off Facebook and totally off of YouTube, but I do, uh, do post on Twitter and minds and gab and bit shoot. And I'm uh, starting up a new library channel. Hey, we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this short commercial message. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. So the president's uh, threatening to start regulating Facebook and Twitter. I don't know why it's taken them him this long. Uh, they are fundamentally violating the terms of their uh, exemption from liability. They're supposed to just be platforms that don't engage in uh, content curia- cur- curation or editorializing. Uh, but you know they've they've been violating that all along. And, uh, and this, uh, this fact checking that they're engaged in is certainly not going to be applied to Joe Biden. Joe Biden uh, can't get through the day without stating something that's, uh, that's patently wrong. Here he is on CNN trying to remember what went on with the stimulus bill that he was responsible for, uh, after the financial crisis. The president put me in charge of getting out the recovery money, which was 800 and I don't know, excuse me, it was 80, almost uh, $89 billion. I guess it came to 84 at the end, 84 billion. 84 billion, he says. It was $840 billion. He can't even remember how much it was, but he, he's going to tell you that he's the guy that ought to be, um, you know, in charge of these types of stimulus bills. He gets $84 billion confused with $840 billion, but he is the guy that's going to provide leadership on this. Here's Mark Lauder over there at CNN pointing out to the, I think it was to uh, Andrew Como that none of this fact-checking is ever going to be applied to Biden. Well, clearly, I don't think they're going to fact check Joe Biden because they would have to do it all of the time. I mean, this is a guy when he doesn't even remember the year that that 9-11 took place, the number of grandkids that he has, or he recalls negotiating with with, uh, foreign leaders who've been dead for decades. So uh, if this is going to be a one-sided standard against President Trump, that's why our campaign has come out very uh, vocally against it. We've pulled our advertising from Twitter uh, because we want a level playing field, and it's just probably not something we're going to get uh, from Silicon Valley. Oh, you're not going to get it. You're ridiculous. You're, um, 
you're kidding yourself if you think that they are. This uh, this should have been dealt with uh, one of the first things on the president's agenda. I guess he was too busy fighting the Russia hoax. But um, we definitely need to start migrating away from Twitter and Facebook, he says, as he still posts his show on Facebook. While we're on the topic of cable news, uh, a little um, a meltdown happened over there at CNBC, uh, the financial network of NBC News. They've got a morning host, uh, Joe Kernan. He's been on the air there for a long time, and he was advising um, people as this these shutdowns and this uh, economic disaster uh, related to the Wuhan virus was going into effect to just remain calm. Don't sell your stocks. And there was another guy, uh, Andrew Sorkin, who was counseling just the obvious, uh, just the opposite. He was saying that the market's going to go to 8,000 and, and get out now, get out while you can. So Joe Kernan was on with Andrew Sorkin yesterday and pointing out that, uh, you know, Joe was right and Andrew was wrong and Andrew did not take it well. You, you panicked about the market, panicked about COVID, panicked about the ventilators, panicked about the PPE, panicked about ever going out again, panicked that we ever Joseph, get back to normal. Joseph, you didn't panic what about anything. That? What good is it? Why Joseph, not, why not help people, people die. keep their head? 100,000 people died and you didn't panic about anything. Well, he's not there to give medical advice. He's there to give financial advice. And what he was uh, advising financially was correct, and everything that Sorkin was counseling was wrong. So Sorkin does his usual, uh, or the usual, left-wing tactic, tries to scream at people and shame them and shut them up. What good is it? Why Joseph, not, why not help people, people die. keep their head? I, I understand 100,000 people died, Joe, and all you did was try to help your friend, the president. That's what you did every single morning on this show. Every single morning on this show, you would Well, what Sorkin was doing was trying to harm the president. The advice that Sorkin was giving was designed to try to make this worse because he is a a left-wing ideologue. And uh, he was using every opportunity that he could to try to lay this uh, crisis at Donald Trump's doorstep. Hi, Joe. And all you did was try to help your friend, the president. That's what you did. Every single morning on this show. Every single morning had, on this show, you abused and abused your position, that's Joe. That's totally unfair. You abused and abused your position. I'm trying to help investors keep their cool, keep their heads. And as it turned out, that's what, you know what they Joseph? should have done. That's what they should the have news. done. They should Do have the kept their heads. If they had listened to you, Andrew, we're supposed to be at about 8,000. I wasn't arguing to go sell your stocks, Joseph. Yes, he was. I was arguing about people's lives. We understand people's uh, Andrew, lives. Andrew, That's it's a global argument. pandemic. Do the news. I'm begging you to do the news, it's Joseph. It's a global begging pandemic. You. I'm begging, begging you. And please. It's a begging, global begging, pandemic, begging. Andy, where per capita deaths, we're down near the low end of per capita deaths. We're nowhere near per 100,000. Most places are at 60 deaths per 100,000. We're at 29. So it's un- it's terrible that we've lost 100,000 lives. It's terrible. But it was never going to be that, that we weren't going to come back and that we weren't going to return to normal. And-, and it's a financial network. Sorkin wanted to use it to make political points. And finally, Joe Kernan is, is uh, calling him out. And Sorkin doesn't like it a bit. Go back to the news. I'm begging you, begging you. Go back to the news. 
turn and clean his clock. It was nice to watch. It, it would have been fun to see the uh, the the meeting that took place in the uh, in the director's office afterwards too. So Bill Barr uh, was pe- appearing the other day on Catherine uh, Herridge. I guess I should set this up by starting with Kaylee McInerney. Kaylee McInerney is, uh, has been using the White House press conferences to uh, to call out the media for their uh, their negligence and not looking at uh, the greatest political scandal in American history and turning a blind eye to Obama's political surveillance of the opposing party. Journalists are not above being questioned themselves. There's been a dearth of journalists asking the real questions for President Obama, the criminal leak of Michael Flynn's identity, who leaked that identity, the dossier, which was used to launch a three-year investigation into this president and spy on his campaign. Why aren't those questions being asked? It's journalistic malpractice not to ask those questions. And I can count on one hand the journalists who are like Maria Bartiromo and Catherine Herridge. But where is the lack of curiosity from the current press corps? There's an extreme lack of curiosity well it's more than just a lack of curiosity they've actually got their heads buried in the sand they don't want to be bothered with with covering a a story that makes them look foolish because for three years straight they engaged in this obvious hoax but bill barr was on the aforementioned Catherine herridge and uh he had this to say Said. I said I was very concerned about the possibility uh, that that dossier and Steele's activities were used as a vector for the Russians uh, to inject disinformation into our into the political campaign. I think that is something that uh, Robert Mueller was responsible for looking at under his charter, uh, which oh, no, is no, the no, potential no, no, of no. Russian influence. But I think it was ignored. Uh, and uh, there, there was mounting indications that that this could very well have been happening, and no one really stopped to look at it. <laughs> Whatever they accuse you of, that's what they're doing themselves. When they accused Donald Trump of colluding with Russia, they knew for a fact that Hillary Clinton had spent uh, spent over a million dollars to uh, Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele in order to gather up Russian intelligence agency provided disinformation against Donald Trump and inject it into the political campaign. And instead, they want to focus over this, uh, this false accusation that the DNC was hacked by Russia, when in fact that has been proven, dis, uh, proven to be false. And the Democrats' answer is, oh, there was never any hint of corruption in the, in the Obama administration. Uh, there's no way there'll be a vaccine before September to tell them to lie for him. You've got to lie about Barack Obama and Joe Biden. You've got to turn them in to something they are not. You've got to make them criminals. He wants to get to the point where they're chanting lock them up at his rallies about Obama and Biden who have done nothing illegal. Nothing. Nothing. Not even close. Nothing, not even close. Yeah, they should lock them up. We'll talk about this more tomorrow if you'll join me back right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I hope you will, and I'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.